the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the most underrated players in the NFL Draft this year. Sam, you have an article over at PFF.com, and I like the list that you put together because it's a lot of the players I would have highlighted as well, but I'll let you start. We're getting close to draft time, so at this point, who are some of the most underrated players that we should be talking a little bit more about? Yeah, it goes against the uh, the PFF uh, credo, but I think that the two running backs, guys at the top of the draft, Brees Hall from Iowa State and Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, I think both those guys are underrated, not because people don't think they're good, but because for some reason they're not being compared to you know the top running backs, the first round guys from the last couple of years, Najee Harris in particular. Najee Harris from start to finish was seen as a first round lock, a guy that was definitely going to be a first round pick. And the debate was simply, was that wise? And then in particular to Pittsburgh, right? Are, are the Steelers going to fix their running back problem by drafting uh, Najee Harris in the first round? Whatever about whether that's wise or not, the fact is he was always supposed to go there. And yet I'm not sure there's a massive material difference between Walker, Brees Hall, and Najee Harris, and yet those guys are not seen as the sure first-round uh, picks, and I, I'm not sure what the reason for that is. So I, I think those two guys are definitely underrated at this part in the process. How did you highlight running backs? Mm-hmm. How is that even possible? Not allowed on our shows. We do eight hours of podcasting a week and never talk running back. So I guess I appreciate you adding them to the mix. Um, I want to highlight one of the players that you highlighted, which is Nick Benito from Oklahoma, because... I think one of the knocks on him was being undersized and then he goes to the combine and was not all that undersized. And look, he is, he played a little bit smaller than some of your true edges, but at PFF, we like to focus on production. And that is where Benito's production has been outstanding. Whether you're using our college wins above average metric, which translates really well for edge defenders at the next level, pass rush grade, Benito's production, whether it's pass rush grade, pass rush win percentage, both well above what you'd expect from just a first-round caliber player historically. So uh, he's been excellent. And in the run game, too, the guy can make plays. So I think Benito needs a little bit more love in a deep edge defender class. Yeah, we've talked a lot about how a lot of the top edge rushers in this draft class have been kind of one-season wonders, right? Guys with just one outstanding year of production. If you look at the last two years combined – Benito actually has the best sort of pass rushing metrics of any of these guys, including the number one, presumed number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Benito is the guy that has had the consistent pass rush pressure, the pressure rate for the last couple of seasons. And okay, maybe he's a little bit undersized. Maybe he won't play the run as well as some of these other guys. But, you know, if you're going to be a one trick pony, that's the trick to bring to the table. Just a guaranteed level of immediate pass rush pressure. There's a situational role for that in the NFL in day on day one, if you can do that. All right. Give me some other guys that you highlighted that uh, you think are that are underrated here in this draft. A couple of wide receivers. Um, my guy, Calvin Austin, the third from uh, Memphis. I, I love this guy. Tiny, tiny receiver. What was he? Five foot eight, 170 pounds. And if you're going to be five foot eight and 170 pounds, you had better be a special athlete. Otherwise, you are just so far behind the eight ball. It's not going to be possible to be productive. But he is. You look at 40 time, 10 yard split, uh, the jumps, vertical, broad jump, the short shuttle, all of these things are like 95th percentile or better. He is lightning in a bottle so quick, so fast. And 90% of his snaps you know, in college were played outside. This is not like a small slot receiver that only survived because he was playing inside away from big physical bodies. He did it on the outside. I think he can do that at the NFL level uh, again or as well. 
And I, I think because that size, he's going to get overlooked. But you can't deny just how explosive and how potentially impactful he is. And then the other one is Sky Moore from Western Michigan. He has insane PFF grades. Um, and you watch his tape and you can sort of see him do all the stuff that you want to see. He's a very good uh, route runner. He's a technician. He gets open, all this kind of stuff. And then you're like, yeah, but, you know, is he the athlete of some of these other guys? And then another player that went to the combine and, you know, answered a lot of those questions and showed that, you know, he's a legitimate athlete as well. He's not a guy surviving against lower level competition just because he's a technician. He's also got some legit athleticism to him. I mean, that was the big takeaway, right? Coming out of the combine, guys like Austin, guys like Sky Moore uh, running faster. And you know, you see the the level of explosiveness that you have in this draft. I, I love the high end receivers in this draft and, and what they all bring to the table. But there is a lot of depth, and there are these underrated players who have quickness, have speed, and teams that just need that injection of some kind of playmaking ability. I think we'll like both of those receivers. I also I love that you added Devonte Wyatt to this group here from mm-hmm. the Georgia defensive line, uh, presumably in part just because there's so many Georgia defensive players getting love. But Wyatt had the highest grade last year and might actually have the most translatable skill set to the NFL. I think as you and I talked a lot about Jordan Davis's projection as this big nose tackle or Trayvon Walker's projection where the the production isn't there yet, but he's just an absolute freak athletically. Wyatt's the best combination of both production and athleticism it always shows up on the field. Yeah, we're talking about this crazy potential that Jordan Davis and, and uh, Wyatt are, and... Um... Trayvon Walker have and, you know, incredible uh, athleticism and those kinds of numbers and the potential of what they can be based off what we've seen from their college tape. But Wyatt is a much better player right now than either one of those guys. And there's definitely a world where either one of them becomes a better player than Wyatt down the line because of that potential. But I wonder what the breakdown is, you know, where the where the overlaps are in terms of which one, which one of those things is more likely to happen. With Wyatt versus Davis, I would certainly say I would put money on Wyatt being a better NFL player than Jordan Davis. I think that's got a much better chance of happening. Um, with Trayvon Walker, I think it's a little bit less clear. But the point is, right now, all the hype is going to those two guys, right? Davis coming out of the combine, it's how high can you take him in the first round? All of a sudden, Trayvon Walker's in play to go number two, number three overall, um, based off his hype, and Wyatt is the guy that's just kind of fading into the background and maybe like the cleanest, you know, immediate three-technique prospect to come along in the last couple of years. Yeah, you just have to be wary because Wyatt has ticked all the boxes, started with production, killed it at the Senior Bowl, and then worked out extremely well. And that, whereas guys like Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker skyrocketed due to the workout. So you just got to be careful, I think, when it comes down to that. Also love that you highlighted Roger McCreary, the Auburn cornerback, because he's got the teeny little arm, Sam, but the dude can play, played at a high level in the SEC. On the big show the other day, I was trying to list you know some of the other sub-30-inch arm corners. I know it's not the most attractive list, but I did go back yeah. over the last few years. Troy Hill is one of those guys. You loved Troy Hill. Mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson's one of those guys. He was a really good corner before he moved to safety. It's not an insurmountable <laughs> task for Roger McCreary to have a good NFL career with his 29-plus-inch arms. Yeah, I don't think they're even 29. I think it was 28 Oh, it's a 28-plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's sub-30. It's sub-30-inch arms. We'll it's, stick with that. <laughs> it's a bad list to be on. But look, one of the things I think you you look at that, like, he played against 
Jamar Chase in the year where Jamar Chase was tearing the entire college football landscape to pieces and then went to the NFL and did exactly the same thing to legitimate Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber cornerbacks. And he did a good job against Jamar Chase. And that's not to say it was perfect, right? He got beaten by Chase in one of those plays where Chase just sort of does the little separate separate, uh, separate at the catch point, you know, gets a yard of separation, catches all of his shoulder, pretty much nothing you can do about that. But he also blanketed him deep down the field on one play and was able to make a play on the ball. The, the tiny arms thing was not stopping him from getting physical with a guy like Jamar Chase, who just made, you know, a season out of doing that in the NFL and in college the last time we saw him. And McCreary's a better player now than he was a couple of years ago when he was doing that against Jamar Chase. So battle-tested is the thing with him, right? He's been in a very good conference and had a lot of targets sent his way. And he's shown throughout all of that that he's a pretty capable player. So maybe there's a ceiling and how good he can be because of the, you know, teeny little arms. But I, he's worth a shot, right? He's a guy I think he's sliding because of those measurables, but is probably a first-round talent. All right, and then the other day you sent me a message and you said, all right, that's it. I'm searching far and wide yeah. for a sleeper quarterback prospect. And you at least put a quarterback on the list. So I don't know if Cole Kelly is actually your big sleeper here, but he at least made the list. So you must have liked at least something here. I think he's as close as you're going to get. Um, look, if you're, it's a bad quarterback class generally, right? The top guys... There are people out there that don't have a single quarterback in the first round of a mock draft. Bucky Brooks' latest mock, right? No quarterbacks in the first round. And honestly, if you were sort of evaluating this fairly, that's probably how you would have them. You wouldn't have quarterbacks in this group in the first round based on talent alone. Position value and the necessity of needing one is going to push them up in there. Um, but those are the best of this class. Then you get to the mid-tier, and it's like it's even worse, obviously. And the low-round guys... There aren't even these guys that you like as sort of, yeah, this guy might be an exciting backup or a toolsy developmental prospect and all these kinds of things. Cole Kelly at least has tools, right? Now, they're not, you know, incredible tools, but he's big. He's got a big arm. He's athletic. He can move around. His rushing production over the last couple of years is pretty crazy. Um, you can see a world where he plays, he, work, he ends up making an NFL roster and, and contributing. But, you know, it's not to say there's not a load of red flags with him, which is why he's a low-round, you know, developmental prospect that might not even get drafted. That's why he makes the most underrated list. Because, you know, if he doesn't hit, it's okay, Sam. It's okay. But they're the most underrated. They at least deserve another look. Go check out the full article. It's over at PFF.com. It's the PFF NFL Daily. PFF NFL Daily.